0: It's good to see you today. My name is Philip Thomas, pastor of Journey here in Elgin, Texas. This is our Tuesday edition of our Journey Through Scripture. Thank you so much for joining us. Hope you had a good weekend. So we have uh, made it to that point where Paul and Silas, they went and remember they picked up Timothy. Um, They've been on their second missionary journey. That's uh, so what we uh, finished up with that in Acts chapter 18 uh, on Thursday. Well, now we're going to get into his letter, Paul's letters to uh, the church in Thessalonica. So we'll be looking at 1 Thessalonians today. Um, I'm going to break up 1 Thessalonians into the first uh, to, to, two sections. Um, so it's only going to be two chapters today, but I, I just encourage you to, to read through those two chapters, 1 Thessalonians uh, 1 and 2. Uh, today, I, I think there's some very interesting things. And if you remember, um, kind of the the mo that Paul uh, uh, begins to experience as he goes to a, to a town, he goes to the synagogue, he engages with um, believers of di- of different different types of believers. There's uh, Jews, there are Gentiles who are going to the syn- synagogue. There's different mixtures, um, and some believe, but most do not, and uh, and especially he starts to run into major issues uh, with uh, the the Jews in those areas. And again, this is this is understandable. Um, they they w- did not believe that Jesus was the true Messiah, and so they were pushing back. In their mind, they believed that this was blasphemy um, against God. And uh, and so it's it's a contentious time, and so it's it's understandable why there would be these these problems. Um, but it's it's very difficult. And Paul, you can tell, is getting very frustrated, and he basically says, "You know what? I'm just going to the Gentiles uh, from now on." Um, but. Paul get, gets kind of run out of some of these towns. Now, he stays at, at them different lengths, and uh, I believe he stays in Corinth for you know, over a year. Um, but many of the others he has to leave earlier. Thessalonica was one of those. And, and so now he has this group of people um, who have believed, but now are left in that tenuous situation, right? They're, um, they're now being separated um, from two different groups, from the culture around them, the Roman culture around them, um, doesn't believe that there is only one God. In fact, they worship all of these pagan gods. Um, so they're having to, to step out of that. And they're also not being accepted um, by the Jews in the, in the synagogues that are established um, because the Jews don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah. So they're, they're not being accepted there. Um, so they are on their own, and yes, persecution does happen, um, and sometimes it, it is uh, uh, heightened, um, but they're, they're definitely living in an unwelcoming at- atmosphere. And so Paul is writing to provide uh, some encouragement. He hadn't been with especially uh, the Thessalonians very long. And this is one of the early, uh, early letters that, that Paul uh, wrote, probably in AD 50 or so. And so he's he's writing. He's he's expressing joy. He's encouraging them. He's he's uh, telling them to to remain steadfast, uh, to persevere. Um, and and then he also has some teaching. But uh, so the first two chapters, I encourage you to to read those. That's kind of the introduction. Uh, and Paul is really lays the, out the picture uh, of what the people are enduring. Um, and it, he uh, talks about there in chapter one we give thanks uh, to god always for you making mention you of you in our prayers remembering without ceasing the work of your faith patience of hope in our lord jesus christ in the sight of god the father knowing a uh, beloved brother your election by god um, that that would be very interesting because I, i'm sure they were hearing from the jews that they were not part of the elect right the jewish people they they had a special bond with God, right? God had called them out, uh, had chosen them. Um, and now we see that through Christ, uh, we too are part of uh, God's chosen. Um, and so Paul, using that word, your election by God, uh, has a, a lot of meaning there. Uh, it says, for our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know, what kind of men we were among you for your sake. Now, what what is that saying? Well, the gospel message—if it is just words that make us feel good, words that sound good at the time—you're um, not going to hold on to those words in the midst of persecution. If it's words alone, um, they have to be words that are true, words that are powerful. And what Paul is saying here is the gospel message is not just. A new belief system. It's not just a a, uh, a, a new uh, way to live. Um, it just you know like other ways to live. It is something different. There is power behind it. It is fueled by the Holy Spirit, um, and uh, that is what will give them strength to endure. Um, is that the gospel message is living? It is. It is the the Holy Spirit present within us. It says uh, verse six. You became followers of us and and of the Lord, having received the word and is in much affliction. Um, So they knew that they that this was not going to be easy Um, with joy of the Holy Spirit so that you became examples uh, in all of Macedonia. Um, And so now he says, your faith toward God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything for for they themselves declare concerning us. This verse nine, for they themselves declare concerning us what matter of entry we had to you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and the true God, right? So, so their lives changed. People saw it wasn't just what they, that they were proclaiming something different. Their lives changed. They quit worshiping the idols uh, and they began to worship the one true God. And then we see in uh, um, chapter two, Um, Paul talks about how they lived, that it it was important that they saw that that Paul and Silas and his companions, how they treated them. Uh, Again, that they were living a different lifestyle um, because of the life-changing power of the gospel message. Um, Verse four, but as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men. But God who tests our hearts, for neither at any time did we use flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak for covetousness. God is witness. So what is he saying that? He's like, we didn't use manip- manipulate you into this. We are not a cult. A cult manipulates uh, with, with words that people want to hear, and it draws them in and it ensnares them. They, they, that was not the message that they were presenting they were presenting the message that came from God. They weren't telling the people what they wanted to hear. And, and that was obvious because many people did not follow. Um, many people completely rejected uh, what they said, uh, but they were not going to just um, bend to do what was popular, to do what um, people wanted to hear. Um, I think that's that's important for us today, that, uh, that our churches, um, that we don't Um, fall to the temptation of just preaching to to reach the masses and and to be accepted by the masses right Um, we need to make sure we're preaching the truth and and sometimes that does not appeal to everyone now we need to do that truth we need to do it respectfully and in love Um, and paul kind of he talks about that he says man we 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 loved you we encouraged you we were there but we we Told you what was right and what was wrong. So it continues. Uh, it says, uh, verse eleven: As you know, how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you, as a father does his own children, that you would walk worthy of God, who calls you into His own kingdom and glory. All right. So they they didn't pretend. They didn't uh, hold any punches. Uh, but they but yet they were encouraging to them. Then he talks about their conversion uh, again. This is still chapter chapter two. For this reason, this is verse thirteen, we thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men. This is and this is really important. Not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. Now this is so important. Um, because we live in a time where we're struggling with what is truth and there is no truth. And there are many Christians who say, well, you know, there's, there, there's, you know, I believe that this is true, but there could be other truths and things like that out there. Um, no, there's only one truth. Um, and, and we can debate about what, what it is. Um, but if the gospel message is true, that means other messages are not and what, what this is saying here is that the uh, believers there in Thessalonica, they did not hear the words of men, which that would just be another truth, just added on to the, to the other claims that are out there. All the other pagan religions that were making similar claims, they would be in the same boat if these were words from men. It would just be one of many religions, but they heard it for what it was, for what it is true as the word of God. Therefore, there is only one truth, uh, and that is the word of God. Um, that is going to become more and more unpopular to say, um, and again, we can do this with respect, and we can do this uh, in a, a, not in a hateful way, um, but there is only one truth. If you believe that there are multiple truths, then you are going back to a, to a pagan society that sees all religions as equally valid, equally acceptable, which naturally means there's multiple truths. Um, that is not truth. <laughs> um, and that I'm, I'm banking my eternal security on that. Um, it is, it, but it, it is difficult, and Paul knows that it's difficult. And so he's recognizing and encouraging them, hey, y'all, this is, this is a tough stance that you're taking. Um, but look at what you've done, that you have believed in the true word of God. Um, and then he acknowledges their suffering. He says, uh, verse 14, when you became imitators of the churches of God, uh, which are in Judea and Christ Jesus, for you also suffered the same things from your own countrymen, just as they did from the Judeans who killed both the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us. And they do not please God uh, and are contrary to all men. Forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they may be saved. So he's saying, I know that you have now jumped into something that is much more difficult um, and that is going to to cause division, unfortunately, but hold on to what is true. And He he ends by saying, verse 17, But we, brethren, having been taken away from you for a short time in your presence, not in heart, endeavored more eagerly to see your face. Therefore, we wanted to come to you, Um, even I, Paul, time and again, but Satan hindered us. See, Paul recognizes this is a spiritual battle. He knows that Satan is working against the things of God. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For you are our glory and joy. He's just, again, going over the top, trying to remind them of how special that they are and that they glory and rejoice uh, in them, knowing that they um, are now part of the kingdom of God. Um, So we're going to stop there. um, And we're going to look at, on Thursday, the second part of 1 Thessalonians, so chapters three through five. So I encourage you to read chapters three through five of 1 Thessalonians, and we will hit that on Thursday. All right, hope you have a great day, and we'll see you on Thursday.